turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor W. Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Today, if you grab your sermon outline inside your bulletin, there's a piece of paper there where we take notes, and we do this every week here. I want to speak to you today on the subject, the joy of blessings, the joy of of blessings. I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 1, the first chapter in the book of Luke. You'll recall that we finished last weekend with these two verses. This is where we ended last week in Luke 1 verse 23 and 24, that when Zechariah's time of service was completed, he returned home after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant The miracle happened just as the angel had told him, and they remained for five months, Elizabeth, it's it's kind of strange, the Bible mentions this, but for five months, she remained in seclusion, and what was she doing there in seclusion? Well, her belly was getting bigger, because little Johnny was growing inside, can someone say amen? Amen. So let's pick up the story there where we left off last week, Luke chapter 1. Just kind of want to read through the story, then we'll come back and uh, dive into it. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're glad they're in church. Tell them you're glad they're here in church. Come on. Verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel, which was the same Gabriel that he sent to Zechariah in the first part of Luke chapter 1. Gabriel means messenger. He was sent from God to this time, uh, not to Jerusalem. He sent Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name of Jesus. He, Jesus, will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and 
He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And at the time Mary got ready, she hurried. Everybody say hurried. I'm going to come back to that at the very end of this sermon. She hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted her relative Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby, little John, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, The baby, little Johnny, inside my womb, he leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Mary then sings a song. It's called Mary's Song. And at the end of that song, you have verse 56, that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home to Nazareth. May God bless the reading of his word. In this story, we learn some valuable lessons. Uh, There's just a few, but I want to share them with you. Number one, write this down. All babies are a blessing. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of joy in the biblical Christmas story. And all the joy seems to happen with these two babies that we read about. First baby we looked at last week, little John. And now today, another baby that we're studying today, and we'll get into in depth next week in our Christmas Eve services, but as you read through the Christmas story, there's joy everywhere. You have one woman named Elizabeth that is well beyond her childbearing years, giving birth to a son. She had to be giddy. You have the angel announcing to Zechariah that your son John will bring joy. He will be a joy and a delight to many people. And now we have this other woman named Mary, a virgin. She's never been intimate with a man. She shows up pregnant with a new son. Not an ordinary son, not an ordinary baby, for her baby is the Son of God. And now when the two women meet, Mary meets Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is six months pregnant, the Bible says that that little baby inside of her womb starts doing the twist. He's leaping for joy. Now, babies themselves, any baby, brings joy. They're actually called bundles of joy. Now, it's true that when babies are born, you wouldn't give them away, you wouldn't trade them for a million dollars, but when they're 16, you'll give them away for free. That's true. But you got little baby John bringing joy to Zechariah and Elizabeth. You can well imagine what's going through their mind. You've got John the Baptist who brings joy to everyone through his message of repentance and who announces the coming of the Messiah. 
And now we have baby Jesus who brings joy certainly to his parents. And he brings joy to all of us here today 2,000 years later because he's the source of all joy. He's the door. He's the deliverer. He's the redeemer of mankind. He literally is joy to the world. Now, both of these babies, John and Jesus, were what I call supernatural occurrences. I mean, if you read the story, they're supernatural occurrences, right? But I would suggest to you here today that every child that is conceived, that every baby in every mother's womb is a child that is born is a supernatural occurrence. Not just John, not just Jesus, but every single person in this room and every person who's listening or watching via the internet, you are all supernatural occurrences. You say, well, you say, well, how, how do you see that? Well, because the Bible says in Psalm 139, Psalmist says, for you, O God, created my inmost being, and God, you were the one that was knitting me together inside my mother's womb. I praise you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made when you are inside your mother's womb. I'm talking to you, and your little eyes were being formed. The forming of your eyes was a supernatural occurrence. And when your fingerprints were being formed on your little chubby hands inside your mother's womb, that was a supernatural occurrence. And when the hair on your head was growing inside your mother's womb, or if you only had one hair growing on that head, it was a supernatural occurrence that the, the creation of life inside any mother's womb is a supernatural occurrence. Verse 16 of Psalm 139 says, God, your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. God in heaven knew all the days of your life. All babies are miracles. All babies are knit together by God himself. Do you know what this verse says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6? It says that grandchildren are a crown to the aged. And that means two things. Number one, it means that I'm old. <laughs> and number two, it means that my grandchildren are a crown and a blessing to me. My newest grandson, his name is Halen Colt. He was born about three and a half months ago when my daughter was in an ER room suffering with COVID. And her numbers were going in the wrong direction. They had to induce labor. And so this baby was born, and as soon as he was born, they dropped him off at our house and left my daughter at the hospital because she couldn't come home. And um, so we kind of have a little connection with this little guy. And just this week, like a couple of days ago, I, I shot this 10-second video. I want you to see my little grandson. Can you see him? He's only like three months old. Look at this kid. Oh. <laughs> Halen Colt, we call him the haymaker. And that hair on his head ain't right. That ain't right. 
As my dad would say, that kid's cuter than a barrel full of puppies. My mom is 90 years of age, and uh, I talk to her every week, and a couple weeks I I was talking to her, and she said, son, do you know how many great-grandchildren your mother has? And I'd never thought about that. I I, I said, mom, I really don't know how many great-grandchildren, how many great, because this is one of her great-grandchildren. She goes, I have 16 (laughs) great-grandchildren. Little Halen is number 16. And she goes, number 17's on the way. Now, I, I don't know which of, I don't know where that baby's coming from, but she knows that someone's pregnant. She said, honey, she said, I cannot remember their names. And I said, mama, it's okay. It's, it's, it's understandable that you can't remember all their names. And she said, no, it's not that I don't have a good memory. It's that you keep naming these kids Halen and Harley and Brooklyn and Lane. I can't, we no longer name them like Tom and David. Where did those names go? That's what she said to me. (laughs) All babies are a blessing, amen? Number two, write this down. Grace is a blessing. Grace is a blessing. Oh, we could take a full day just in this story and list all the times In Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, that we actually see the grace of God. Now, what is the grace of God? Write this down. You should know this. Grace is unmerited favor. It's where God uh, displays mercy upon someone who does not deserve mercy. It's unmerited favor. And in every detail of this story, God's unmerited favor goes to people involved. I see it in the life of Zechariah. I see it in the life of Elizabeth and John and Joseph and Mary. But as you read through this story, it's very important that you just don't see God's unmerited favor upon the characters of this story. This whole story is God's unmerited favor upon each of us here today. I see it when God selects Zechariah out of thousands of priests to be the one to go in and light the incense that the angel appears. I I see God's grace when he chooses Elizabeth in her old age, beyond the childbearing years, and God blesses her to be the mother of John. And I I see it when God uses that first century hippie named John the Baptist to be the forerunner and announcer of the arrival of the Messiah. I see God's grace when he chooses Joseph, a simple carpenter, to be the earthly example for his son I see it when God decides to choose a teenage girl by the name of Mary to be the mother of Jesus. I see it in God's timing as you look at how all this pieces together as you study it, how God orchestrates every detail of this story. And I see God's grace in providing a Savior for all of us because only through Jesus can our sins ever be forgiven. Why, every word of this story is unmerited favor this christmas two thousand years later as in all christmases go ahead and enjoy your family and your friends and exchange the gifts as many as you can and want enjoy the christmas carols enjoy the christmas cookies enjoy the lights and the trees but don't ever forget that Christmas is all about the grace of God sending Jesus into this world. 
Did you know that where you work, because it's a secular business, that they have what's called a holiday party? They won't even call it a Christmas party because the name Jesus, His Christ, the Christ is in the name Christmas. So where you work, most of you, they will not have a Christmas party. They call it a holiday party. But I want you to know that you would not be having a holiday party if it wasn't for Jesus' birthday. All the presents that you open and exchange, you would never be given those gifts if Jesus hadn't had a birthday. The time off, which is called Christmas vacation, you wouldn't get a Christmas vacation if Jesus hadn't had a birthday. And that Christmas bonus that you get, if you get one, you're so happy to get that little extra cash called a Christmas bonus. You wouldn't be getting that Christmas bonus from that secular boss if Jesus hadn't had a birthday. All of that, all of that is grace. But the grace that's needed most is the grace that forgives us of our sins. Oh, I know, I know you need more money. And I know some of you need to find a job. And some of you need some friends. But the thing that you need most is Jesus. Because only Jesus can forgive your sins. You know, if you read through Luke chapter 1, it's a, it's a long chapter. I, I think there's 80 verses. There's two songs in it. You know, we see all these Christmas carols we sing. There's, there's two songs in Luke 1. One is called Mary's song. We usually study that. There's another song in Luke 1 called Zachariah's song. Now, don't forget, that's where this whole thing started. We looked at it last week where the angel appears to Zechariah and says, Your son, Elizabeth, old age, going to have a baby. And uh, he's, he's going to bring joy to the whole world. And he's going to be the forerunner of Christ. You, you remember that. Well, when Zechariah sings his song, starting in the 68th verse, what's he singing about? What's he happy about? If you read it, and I'm going to read it to you, there's nothing in here where he's rejoicing and he's got all this joy because he and Elizabeth had a baby in their old age. I would have been excited about that. I mean, maybe you'd be depressed about that, but if you've never had a child, and finally, even though you're 80, supernatural occurrence, you'd think you'd be singing about how I can't believe my wife is 80 and we're having a baby. But that's not in his song. Not one word about that's in his song. What he's writing about is the grace of Almighty God, is what he's writing about. Here's Zechariah's song. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come and has redeemed His people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. Skip down to verse 74. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days and you my son my child will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go on before the lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because and i love this phrase because of the tender mercy of our God. 
by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Oh, I hope you will reread that. It's all a picture of God's grace showing us His tender mercies. It's God giving to us the knowledge of salvation. That's grace. God guiding our paths in peace. That's God's grace. God enabling us to live without fear is God's grace. Enabling us and rescuing us from our enemies. That's called grace. Zechariah is not singing about the miraculous son that he and his wife Elizabeth had in their old age. No, John will point literally and physically and prophetically uh, to the Lamb of God who comes to redeem the entire world. That's what he's excited about. The grace of Almighty God. Amen? Amen. So babies are a blessing. Grace is a blessing. Here, Here we go. Write this down. Believing in God's plan is a blessing. Oh, God's hand orchestrates every minute detail of the Christmas story to the infinite degree. Go all the way back to Isaiah's prophecy 700 years earlier. Go back to Malachi's prophecy. We looked at that last week 400 years earlier. Go look at every prophecy in the Old Testament about the coming of the Messiah. And every single prophecy was fulfilled to the umpteenth degree as you read Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2. God's hand is in every detail. After all, this is His plan. And the sweetest, most tender moment in the history of the world is when the angel tells a little 12, 13, 14-year-old girl, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary, yes, you better sit down. And the angel says, I, I know you're just a little girl in a little town, in a little country, with little possessions and probably little dreams. But Mary, I want you to know that there's a big God with big plans. And in a miraculous way, God in heaven has chosen to bless you and to use you. God has a grand scheme to save the entire world. And Mary, He needs your help. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. 
we exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. Liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.